the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hi there, and welcome to Truth For Today, where we begin a brand new series called Life Forever in Jesus Christ. Join us with Pastor Phil Howard, coming up next. Well, it would stand to reason that if you had a series called Life Forever in Jesus Christ, that would necessitate new life from above to begin with. Hi there. Welcome to Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard, the ministry of Valley Bible Church right here in Hercules. Today, as we begin our new series called Life Forever in Jesus Christ, we do so taking a look at the necessity of that new life from above. John chapter 3 is a great place to find the answers. So let's catch up with Pastor Phil Howard there for today's edition of Truth For Today. It doesn't matter how well dressed or how high you are up and how you can get to the best doctor. If you have the disease, you can die. And so he says, but you're appraisal of yourself. I, see, I hear it. I hear your conversations. I hear you talking how your retirement is and your prosperity. Not that that prosperity is wrong, but you've moved it over to your spiritual life and you don't miss me if you can have this. So I'm not even missed, as Templeton said. You've just, wealth over here has just made you give yourself the wrong evaluation. Now listen to how he evaluates them. You don't realize, and that's, that's a, if that just satur- that saturated me, you don't realize. You don't know how you're affecting me. I say five things about you, Christ. Notice. First of all, you're wretched. The only time that word's used is in Romans 7, where Paul said, wretched man that I am. They didn't know they were wretched. They were impressed with themselves. They said, no, you're really wretched. The word pitiful is miserable. You're in a miserable condition. Could you be these things and not know it? They were. (laughs) They were. Uh, Went on poor. And this is crouching poverty. What an insult to call them poor. You don't know what I make a year. You don't know what's in my 401k. You don't know, buddy. I make some good money. I've got a share in the medicine factory down here for ISAV. Who do you think you are? Wait, who who do you are calling me poor? I'm talking about the inner man. I'm talking about your relationship with me. You're poverty stricken in that area. Then he goes on to say, you're blind. You don't see me. When you come to love Christ, you come to see him. And according to 2 Corinthians, when you see Christ, the thing you see in him is his glory. His glory. The veil's rent. 
and God shows you the face of Christ and he shows you the glory. That is the honor, the high value, the great, the great prize, treasure. You see Christ, but you know why you don't treasure Christ? You've never seen him for your spiritual eyes have never been opened. You can't get them open by the eye salve of Laodicea. It takes a supernatural operation. He has to take the cataracts off your eyes, spiritually speaking. And he says, you're naked. Now, when he uses naked in the scriptures, it's usually the righteousness of Christ. And he used that in the parables, that they came to the banquet and he wasn't dressed appropriately. Why didn't you dress for this banquet? Well, where do you get the garment? You get it from the man holding the banquet. He gives you a party garment. You folks are spiritually naked before me. You're miserable. You're poor. You're blind. That's what my stethoscope registers on your health. Well, what should we do about it? Do you have any advice? Yeah, I do. The word counsel is advice. And it's a kind word. Let me give you some, let me give you a tip. Let me give you some advice. Yeah? What is it? Well, I want to say this. You should buy gold from me refined in the fire so you can become rich. White clothes to wear so you can cover your shameful nakedness. And salve to put on your eyes so you can see. What is he saying? Gold refined all the way in Scripture usually has divine wealth. Peter says your trials are going to produce gold out of you. It's going to be spiritual quality because the dross is taken out. And it has the idea of really uh, spiritual riches that are really pure, uh, that are really uh, uh, true riches instead of material wealth that he said thieves can steal or moths can destroy. This is sure enough the spiritual riches. When he asked them, you need to be clothed, it's all in righteousness. In the book of Revelation, righteousness is not, is, is not justification by faith righteousness. It's practice righteousness. And it's the outward lived righteousness that's a result of you being right with God. You, you need to be clothed in righteous behavior that comes from knowing God. And your eyes, you need somebody to heal your eyes. Now, he said, I want you to do four things if you want to get right with me. And you turn to that in your last page. First of all, you need to know where to shop. You need to buy. You've been living at the mall because you're a prosperous church, but you haven't been hanging out with me. What you need, you can only get from me. You can get cars and wealth and financial advice and all this other, but true spiritual riches, I've got the monopoly on the market, and it doesn't take a man with lots of money. It just takes someone hungry. Isaiah said, let the one who has no money, has no riches, come to him, and he will fill you to overflowing. Buy from me. Come to me for what you need is the idea. And then he goes on to say, uh, uh, when you need this, I want you to come 
and I want you to do three things. I'm rebuking you, and I rebuke everybody I love and discipline. Do you think everybody in the church liked the rebuke? I don't think everybody in the church felt the discipline. It's the overcomer in the church that he would grip their heart. Did you know you could be an overcoming believer in a dead church? You could be an overcoming believer in a lukewarm church. I believe there's a remnant in this church in every one of them. That is the overcomer. They have true faith in God. And they are not of Thyatira. They're not of Jezebel. They haven't sold out Christ for Balaam. There is someone in that church that really knows him. And he's talking, I'm rebuking you. If you've fallen into the atmosphere, I'm disciplining you because I discipline my own. I want you to do four things. Buy from me what you need. Come to me. Two, I want you to repent. And I think the repentance logically comes before the zeal. You can't get the zeal without repentance. At least say, I miss you. I changed my mind. I changed my priority. Rich is always telling counselees, have you taken the medicine? I told you to pray with her. I told you to read the Bible with her. Have you been coming on Sunday? No, I don't want to do that stuff, but fix my marriage. We can't fix a marriage that you don't want to help us with. If you don't want to take the divine medicine, we're not a marriage clinic here. But if you come to Christ, and if you're willing to be in his word, and at least talk to him daily, are your children and your wife worth it? The pastors can't save something you don't want to save. You, you must say, I'm wrong. It's me. I'm not trying to straighten out anybody else. Change my mind, Lord. If I've moved my evaluation over here, if I've lost these affections, I don't want to get used to it. You know what they got to do to soldiers, especially in the late night watch? You got to go around. You got to box that boy. Wake up. Wake up. World War II, when we entered into Germany, you read the book by Stephen Ambrose. When we went into Germany, we lost more American boys who froze to death in the night doing sentry duty than we did by German bullets. Many of them would just freeze on the watch. And that German winter, the Germans were dug in. They had showers. This was homeland. They were ready for us. But our boys were out there dying. And who didn't get shot died of freezing, died of going to sleep on duty got tired of walking and that snow and that temperature killed them we in this day Jesus said watch pray for the son of man comes in an hour you don't expect him I'm trying to stay awake spiritually I'm trying to not have him come through the door and the virgin says we have no oil we have no light he warned and warned in light of his coming in light of his coming sleepiness Coldness. He said, the love of many shall wax cold. I know where that's written. It's written right in Matthew 24. But let me tell you, the frigid temperatures of the tribulation keep hitting the church the closer we get to it. We must stay awake. We must be willing to repent because not everybody around you even knows God. They may be frozen in their sin. They may be lukewarm and look sophisticated. 
I don't want to be vomited by the head of the church. Whatever it means, I don't want to be thrown up. He said, you need to repent. And he said this to Ephesus. He said this to every church that he rebuked. There's a way back if you're willing to change. And you change by changing your mind and willing to change the direction of your life. Then he said, be zealous for me. Here's that command for an emotion. What do you mean be zealous? Be passionate for me. Get back where I'm the passion of your life. Put me back first. Put me back first. And then he finally says something that is a more difficult the longer I look at it. He said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice, let him open the door and I will come in and eat with him and he with me. What is this? A lot of views, a lot of views. The most common, it's used in evangelism as the close so many times. The Lord's knocking at the door of your heart. Let him come in and so be it. It's a very common you and I don't you won't be in big trouble using that that way but this matter of door in the Bible Jesus said I am the door to the sheepfold something very interesting James 5 says the judge is at the door and he's ready to step through in judgment let him not step through the door and find you in sin James 5 I think of the door of the ark. The thing that stood between you and the flood waters was a door built in the side of that ark. And depending on which side of the door you were, depended on whether you came under divine judgment or not. Inside that door, divine judgment won't touch you. Outside that door, judgment will touch you. I think there's one great big statement he's making here, probably number one. Prophetically, prophetically, Christ is standing at the door of history. And any moment, he's going to be stepping through. And he's saying, you know what? You'd better get to know the door before I come. Because I'll come either to judge or to reward. I'll reward you overcomers, but I'm going to judge you that don't know me. And you won't repent. And you won't find a zeal for God. The judge is coming. History is on the brink. It's imminent. I don't know when he's coming, but believe me, he's coming. And he's going to step through that door. And the cold crowd and the lukewarm crowd, you figure out what he does with them. I don't think he rewards them. Who are they? They might be the people sitting around you, but they might be the people next to you, might be the ones boiling for God. Where are you? Do you honestly say, I've got a passion for God that I renew by praying, by staying in His Word, by meeting? I'm fighting. I, I come to church with people to stimulate me to keep the fight up, to keep fighting for my joy in God, to fight for me to have a passion for God. Don't get me diverted. We don't have a pastor on the staff that doesn't, couldn't go out and make as much money as anybody else in this church. I'm going to tell you, they're good men, they're smart men, they love God, and they would know how to make money. 
but we're all fighting like everything within us. Give us enough to live. Give us enough to serve God. But we don't want to be caught up with materialism. We want people to know God. We want children to be saved in Awana. We want kids touched in youth groups. We think there's a cause greater than materialism to live for. It's Christ. Christ alone. That's the fight. But it's a fight. It's a fight. When we hear of others' prosperity here, say, oh, I must be a fool. I must be a fool to do this. Because everything's measured by how much education and how much money. I want to say the way God will measure your health is, how much do you love my son? Behold, he's standing at the door knocking. Is that that he might save those that aren't saved there? Maybe so. Maybe so. I'm not dogmatic. Is it knocking at the heart of the lukewarm? Would you really like to have a burning relationship with Jesus Christ? The only temperature that he accepts. This is one incident where running a temperature is a good thing. You know, when you run a temperature, you become contagious. And the reason we can't get a lot of folks to get anybody to come with them, they're not running the temperature. You ought to just get it so bad you, you infect folks. Say, man, hey, when you're around them, you just, I'm afraid I'm going to start liking their God. They've got a temperature. He says, I want you to be burning. And the Holy Spirit's there fanning the flame. You know, when old pilgrim went to the house of interpreter, he noticed that in the fire that was there, that was being kindled, there was one there that kept throwing water on the fire. And as he was in the house of illumination and the interpreter was there, he asked him finally, he says, why doesn't the fire of the word go out in the house of illumination? He said, oh, let me show you. And he took him around the backside of the fire. And back there, there was one who was feeding it with oil and fanning it with oxygen. And he kept, he said, all the waters of this world cannot squelch what's going on. The Holy Spirit, you see, keeps the fire of his word burning in the heart of his pilgrims. Let all the water of this age come. Let Islam take over America. Let the nations in an uproar stay. Governments change overnight. I do not know. I only know that the cornerstone that the builders rejected will roll through Babylon and all the nations and they will land at his feet and he shall be offering us a throne to set with him on. I want to be with the one who will reign. Think of it someday. I don't know if you can imagine, can you? That he says, I, when I overcame, went and sat on my father's throne. But someday he's going to give me a throne in Jerusalem because he promised David a posterity that would reign from Mount Zion. And when he gets on that hill, he's promised to every one of you believers that overcome by faith, you will sit on the throne of David with me while I rule the nations. And then you'll not only say, I'm glad he was the love of my life. I'm glad he was the king of my life. He's knocking at the door. We battle to keep our affections. We battle to not backslide. 
I thought of, as I was praying today, do you know why I've done my best to preach the Bible as much as I can? I'm trying not to backslide while I pastor. Because he told Timothy, if you'll pay attention to doctrine and pay attention to teaching my word, I'll save you and those who hear you. I want to be saved. I want to be saved daily from all the allurements of the age. I'm as much in the battle as you. I wish I knew God better. I wish I had greater emotions for him. I wish uh, I didn't have these melancholic streaks that run through my soul at times. I wish I would never get negative. I wish I was never pessimistic. I fight. I fight to walk by faith. I fight to seek God and see him answer prayer instead of griping and complaining. I'm in the fight along with you to be thankful for all things, praying at all seasons, taking up the sword of the Spirit, praying for all saints with intercession and supplication. I'm in the fight with you. It's worth it. Your whole future, your whole life, maybe your family tree is counting on one of you one of you to keep holding up Christ while this age is dying we went to a dear sister's side who buried a loved one the only one the only one that we know in that family tree that knows God as we sat through a ceremony that offered no hope no truth, no help but God in sovereign grace tracked her down Saved her. You know why I love to talk about election? You will never know how deep, deep the love of God is until you know He specifically chose you to have a relationship. And all He's wanting you to do is keep your affections. And when you don't have them, confess it. Be willing to repent about whatever's led to it and just say, I've got the pant for you even when I don't feel close to you. I want to know you. I want to know you. Father, I pray, help us all in the fight. Some days, we feel the helmet of salvation has been knocked off of us, and the shield is full of arrows. And sometimes we feel like there's a gap in the breastplate where an arrow has reached our heart. We're vulnerable, we're weak, and we cannot maintain a passion for you if it was not for your spirit, for your grace. For it is God that is at work in you to be willing and to be doing of his good pleasure. I hear you say in Hebrews 13, May the God, the God of grace, equip you for every good work as you wait for that great shepherd to return from the heavens. Come, Lord Jesus, come quickly and find us with the door unlocked that we've already been supping with you. I began that feast, but when I think that when I see you, you're going to be bringing me to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And when I see you, I'm not going to be dragged into a, a court. I'm not going to be dragged into an inquisition room. 
You're going to take me into the banquet room and say, welcome to the marriage supper of the Lamb. We're going to sup for eternity. Oh, it will be worth it all. In the meantime, let not the siren voices of this world and the winds of change and the winds of the nations turn us from the living Christ. Capture our hearts. Up our temperature. Make us contagious until we see you face to face. In Jesus' name, amen. And with that, we come to the end of our time together here on Truth For Today, the ministry of Valley Bible Church here in Hercules with our teacher and pastor, Pastor Phil Howard. As we close out our program today, we would invite you to contact us. Let us know how the broadcast has encouraged you, has ministered to your walk and relationship with Christ. Now, there are a couple of ways that you can contact us. By phone, obviously the easiest, 855-833-9864. Again, simply call 855-833-9864. You can also write to us at 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. 94547 is the zip code. Now, the easiest way to get in touch with us would be through our website, truthfortodayradio.org. Now, as you stop by, you'll be able to drop us an email, but then take advantage of the many resource materials we have available, again, there at truthfortodayradio.org. You'll also be able to find out more about Valley Bible Church here in Hercules, who we are, what we believe, worship times, directions, and the like. Again, truthfortodayradio.org, or again, simply call 855-833-9864. Would you also bear in mind this radio broadcast is available through listener support. As you link arms with us financially, we are able to continue the ministry here on this radio station. So please consider that as you contact us. And then come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.